She is one of New Zealand's leading farming academics and every fortnight she writes an excellent column for our website, thecountry.co.nz. This week's offering is about greenhouse gas emissions and not surprisingly the He Waka Ekanoa recommendations. But Jacqueline, uh, before I do, you're of British descent. I am. Do you remember, and there's nothing wrong with that, do you remember anything about the 1984 SNAP or SNAP selection uh, as they call it? Not like that. Mostly what I remember is Rob Muldoon changing the immigration um, settings when we were already on the boat. And that was 1975. We landed 76. So in terms of what happens with elections, it's all fascinating. All right, Jacqueline, let's move on to present day. Hiwaka Ekanoa, greenhouse yep. gas emissions for ruminant animals. What was your thoughts on the big announcement last week? That this is our first step, and the first step is towards negotiation and being able to bring in new science and new technologies as they occur. So it's effectively just the first step in the ongoing attempt to be even better than we already are. Well, we're leading the world. No other country has brought their agricultural sector into any form of carbon taxation at the moment. Are we at the bleeding edge of this rather than the leading edge? I think you're absolutely right. And some farmers are feeling really hurt by this because they know that it's very difficult for them to do even better than they already are doing, partly because of where they are in the country, partly because of the type of farming they're doing, as in, is it deer, hill country beef and sheep or dairy, and partly because they've already done so much in terms of reducing greenhouse gases as the science has developed and enabled them to be efficient. Explain to me why deer farmers in particular and hill country sheep and beef farmers are going to get clobbered a lot harder than, say, intensive dairy farmers, and yet the finger finger is pointed at dairy farmers for being the main criminals. Well, yeah, well, that is certainly the case. And the the clobbering all depends, you can look at the figure, but what is that as a proportion of cash flow? And I think it's pretty important not to get muddled up with profit or earnings before interest and tax and all those niceties of how we do the calculations. But the fact is that uh, deer grow quite slowly in terms of their um, fawns or calves of their wapiti in comparison with a sheep. So the sheep is multi-twin, multi-birth, and the deer is only one. So per animal, they, the sheep get away, get to hook, slaughter, wait rather more quickly. But the important thing about deer in many of our properties is that actually they're not suitable for other animal types. Or in the case of the property which I'm involved in, unusually, uh, the deer and the dairy are used on different parts of the farm at different stages to sort out the pasture. So that different animals at different states of their life cycle are good and need different types of food. And those are juggled by the farmer owner who's also a vet so that we optimise our animal production. Jacqueline, something that annoys me is some of these activists running around saying, look, agriculture needs to be bought into the emissions trading scheme and Mm. pay their way like everyone else. But they neglect to remember that agriculture is already making a huge contribution to the ETS through transport, etc. Absolutely. Power and um, transport, we're already in it, just like anybody else. So we pay at the pump or we pay at the switch. But the animals have not been. And the argument that we should reduce animal numbers so that we can make a, a difference 
is actually not supported by just over half of New Zealanders because they understand that we're already efficient. And that actually, look, the export economy, 81.8% of our trading economy is based on agriculture. Exactly. Hey, food inflation numbers out today. Yep, yep. Talk to me about and, that. Uh, over the last year, looks like 6.8% for food. A lot of that is actually the simple dollar increase on the minimum wage. So people forget that because we get a big increase in the restaurant and cafe prepared food, effectively. But farmers have been facing far higher inflation on farms. And in, I've just been talking to a mate in, a farmer mate in UK. He said it's a white knuckle ride at the moment, whether agriculture will survive. And they really are just surviving on handouts from the government so that they maintain food production within the domestic economy. And in contrast, New Zealand, well, we're going to be taxed for it. But as we make the case, we hope that science will, well, the plan is science will enable us not to be put out of business. Yeah, and that on-farm inflation number for farmers, 10.2% against that uh, food price index yep. inflation rate of 68 for the uh, year ended May. Yep. So in, some interesting numbers indeed. Yeah, farmers are certainly swimming against the tide when it comes to a, a tidal wave of yep. costs coming their way. All right, Jacqueline, I've got to go. You've got to go to a meeting. Thanks for your time. Lovely to talk, Jamie. Thanks a lot. Bye.